It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, Dan Betzel. Hey, Dan, how are you this week? I'm doing great. How are you, Walter? Uh, fantastic to hear that and looking forward to our show today. We're going to be talking about what flying can teach us about ah. retirement. That's going to be fun, Dan. I know that you just recently have gone on a couple of travels traversing not just the country but the globe, so you have some good experience of flying all over the world right now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that on today's show. Plus, we're going to answer a question from Elizabeth over in Gahanna, who's got a question about retiring in six months and worried about a market crash. So we'll dive into her question a little bit later on as well. But before we get to all of that, and before we even get to what's happening in the news headlines, a little bit of news of our own. Dan, this is going to be our uh, last podcast for a while as we hit the pause button on the show and, you know, kind of... Congratulations. You've reached 90 episodes. This is your 90th show, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. Yep. And we're going to take a little bit of pause for a couple of months on the podcast, and then we hope to be back at some point in the future. But hopefully you have enjoyed the Plan with Dan podcast throughout the uh, last couple of years. And if you are relatively new to the podcast, well, we're sorry to be going away for a period of time here, but tell you what, there's 90 episodes to listen to. So (laughs) go back and check out. Start them over. Start them (laughs) over. Yeah. Start them back at the beginning. All right. And let's move on with today's show one more time and get to the in the news portion of the program. Great. I'm not sure anybody wants to binge listen to my podcast, but you know, maybe if you do, let me know. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Let's check out a recent headline here. Extra, extra, read all about it. All right, Dan. So in the news, there's this trend in the wedding industry now. Wedding loans. Wedding loans. There are now companies who work specifically with young couples to loan them money for their wedding with rates fluctuating between 5% and 36%, depending oh on the gosh. applicant. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, you know, when I first read this and preparing for the talk today, I was just really heartbroken. I mean, that's really frightening to me. So, yeah, I think I kind of have a unique view on it. You know, I, I do a lot of weddings. I probably do four or five a month. And I also practiced law for years. And, you know, one of the main causes of marital stress that leads often to divorce, you know, is financial problems. And, you know, I have, like I said, I've done weddings that probably cost, you know, I don't have no idea, you know, maybe $100,000. And I've done weddings that are just a fraction of that. And there's, there's really no correlation to how wonderful the ceremony is and how wonderful the people feel based on how much money that you, you spend on it. And I find this kind of alarming. And if anyone came to me and asked me my opinion, I would, you know, try to throw myself in front of them and not let them get to the guy that wants to loan them the money. Uh, because, you know, it seems like such a stressful way to start off a relationship, you know, with this debt hanging over your head for one day. And I know from, like I said, from personal experience, you can make it beautiful, you can make it meaningful, you can make it wonderful, you know, without spending a lot of money. So my thoughts are, please don't do it. Don't go into debt for the wedding. I think you'll be much better off. Just just stop and, and think about you know, what's really important on that day is going to be, you know, your the bride and the groom and your family. And, you know, you can get some nice food, certainly get yourself, you know, a nice dress. I'll do all those things. But you don't need to go into debt to do that. That would be my suggestion. 
What do yeah, you think? I'm right there with you. When I look back at our wedding, you know, it, it was great. And I think probably compared to a lot of couples out there, we didn't spend a ton of money on our wedding. Certainly wasn't a hundred thousand dollar wedding. Oh or my gosh, I know. Even the uh, forty thousand yeah. dollar wedding that a cousin of mine had. Now they also had like five hundred people at their wedding, so it was yeah, you know that yeah. was an insane amount of people to feed and entertain, and you know it was in a different state that has a little bit higher cost of living and that kind of thing. But I feel like we had a pretty nice ceremony and wedding for all intents and purposes, pretty reasonable price. But when I look back, of course I remember the day for being amazing, but I also think. Yeah, we could have spent less. And then sometimes I even think I wish we would have spent less and saved that money yeah. to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. You know, what I wouldn't give yeah. for an extra $3,000 in the pocket now, right? I mean, I think a lot of yeah, people would probably say that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a frightening trend. And, you know, really, it, it's the day is not about, you know, how fancy the venue is or how unique the food is or you know, how expensive the designer dress was. It's really about the commitment, you know, that two people are going to make to each other in front of their family and friends. And, you know, money can't buy that. So yeah. I would encourage them to focus on that. Make it nice. Make it special, of course. Yep. You can but, put in a little elbow <laughs> grease and make any location look pretty good. And uh, That is so true. Like I said, I you know, I, I know most of the ones in Columbus. And, you know, I'll go to a rehearsal and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this isn't very nice. And then the next day I'll show up after the families have been decorating all day. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We got married in an aquarium. And so we didn't have to oh, do any nice. decorating because yeah. we had a big fish yeah. tank behind us with sharks swimming yeah. around in it and stuff like that. So I was like, this is great. Don't have to. Oh, I think we we took, we bought two strings of lights and wrapped them around like two columns in the room. Yeah. But otherwise you didn't want to take away from the, you know, from the tank itself. So that was, that was pretty cool. So we did oh, have like a dance floor in front of the shark tank, which was a pretty neat, pretty neat wedding. So if anybody's looking for wedding ideas. Aquariums definitely was a big hit with all of our attendees, that's for sure. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, very neat. Well, there you go. That's what's happening in the news. And now it's time to get into our main conversation of the day. So on this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about flying and retirement. There are some important hmm. lessons that flying can teach us about retirement planning. So Dan, take us through these ideas. What's the first thing that comes to mind when we try and draw a parallel between flying and retirement? You know, anyone who like knows me or is a client of mine, they know I have a lot of flying stories. You know, I've always been fascinated by flying. Like, you know, when I grew up, one of our things we would do is we would go to the end of the runway. There was a fence even back then, but we would like take popcorn and candy. We'd sit on the roof of the car and we were little, of course, and we watched the airplanes take off and land. I've always been mesmerized by them. So I, I do tend to talk a lot in flying analogies. And I, you know, I, I am a pilot myself. I haven't flown for a long time. I'm no longer current. But I certainly flew quite a bit, you know, when I was younger. So, you know, the first thing you have to do is like, you know, if you're going to like take off from Columbus and you're going to fly anywhere, you know, even if you're going to fly, you know, to Cleveland, you know, two and a half hour drive, you know, 30 minutes in a small plane, you know, you, you got to have a flight plan. And the thing about a flight plan that's really important is that before you take off, you know, you, you look at the weather and you read what they call notams to see if there's, you know, any issues at the airport that you're going to, maybe a runway's under construction, maybe one of their, the VORs, one of their um, navigational signals is not working. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that you have to prepare. You just don't take off and start flying. And it's a lot like, like retirement, you know, that, you know, before, <laughs> before you get to retirement, it's good to have a plan, have a plan in place. And what I think is also amazing is that, you know, often as soon as you take off, you know, the winds are buffeting you around and it's not unusual to file an amended flight plan and route. 
there's a way you do that. You know, you say, hey, I'm going to change my route because there's been some changes in circumstances. Maybe a weather occurrence has come or you decide you want to take a different route. And, you know, and that's no problem. But, you know, you have a plan, you take off and you can actually even change that in route. But you don't do it without checking in, you know, to make sure that your change is going to be a better way to get you to where you want to go. Well, so I mean, what was the I thing you mentioned no, there, yeah. Dan? No, notums was that? Yeah, no, a notum is yeah. It's a it's an avi- aviation term. It's like you have to be aware of all of those. Like right now in Columbus, for example, there's only one runway that's working, and the other one is under extension construction. So before you come to Columbus, if you're flying to Columbus, Ohio, you better know that one of the runways is not in service, right? So that would be a notum. The, seems, I mean, seems worthwhile information to me. <laughs> absolutely. So it's not a decision that's made after takeoff, you know. You know, like I said, you, you study the weather patterns and you make sure that you know exactly what's going to happen. So it's the same thing with retirement. You know, before you retire, you better make sure that, you know, you have the right income. You know what your budget's going to be. You know how much you're going to be able to get from Social Security. You know what the taxes are going to be, you know. And you have to also know what you're going to be doing with your free time. So I have actually have met people that say I'm retiring in 30 days and I think I better speak to a financial advisor. That's to me like taking off without a flight plan and hoping you get to the right destination. You know, without without a plan in place, chances of getting there, you know, are pretty risky. Well, you learn something new every day. And today I learned that I, I hardly know them. <laughs> there you go. Wah, That's wah, good. wah. That That's was, good. That was That's good. probably my worst joke <laughs> I of, the it, ni- of the yeah. 90 episodes there, Dan, but yeah. <laughs> I, I had to go for it. So yeah, you need a flight plan. I think that's a, a good place to start, Dan. That makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people don't like flying and a lot of people don't like retirement either, Dan, because the mm. it's just a stressful process for many folks yeah. to worry about and plan for and flying. It's because you get turbulence, right? I think everybody's always kind of worried, like what if it's a rough flight? Yeah. I, surely there's yeah. a parallel there. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was taking flying lessons, my f- flight instructor, who was fantastic, she just said, you know, it's a bumpy road, you know, if you're driving down the road and, and it, you know, there's it's bumpy, what do you do? You don't, you know, you, nothing, right? doesn't hurt you at all. But I, but I know it's very frightening when you're at 35,000 feet. You know, I was flying not too long ago on a very, very long flight, like 14 hours or so. And the pilot gets on and he says, uh, you know, it's not if we run into turbulence, but when. We're going to run into turbulence, but when we do run into turbulence, here's what I want you to remember. The plane is designed, you know, to withstand the turbulence. I fly this route twice a week. I know what I'm doing, but if I ask you to get into your seat and put your seatbelt on, I'm serious. And I thought, wow, you know, that's a lot like, you know, like the turbulence that we're going to have as we design and manage your portfolio. I mean, there's going to be headwinds, right? We're going to have market volatility. We don't know when it's coming, just like we don't know when turbulence. It can strike, you know, uh, suddenly. You can't see it coming unless someone, you know, maybe pilots ahead of you have radioed back and said there's turbulence. And then often, you know, a pilot will actually, you know, make some changes to avoid that turbulence if at all possible. But your portfolio has to be designed with this turbulence in mind. When you're in the middle of the turbulence, it's kind of too late to decide that you don't want to be in that airplane. I mean, you don't want to jump out at 35,000 feet in turbulence. So it's important to know, you know, how you feel about risk and volatility and that, you know, while you're still on the ground, you know, before you get toward retirement, that you take the time and you design that portfolio so you know that you'll be able to withstand the amount of turbulence it's going to have. And the beauty of this is, you know, if you follow, you know, my philosophy investing and, and modern portfolio theory, you know, you can design how much risk you're able to take. If you're an aggressive investor, you're going to have to take more turbulence. You know, conservative investor is going to not have as much turbulence, not as much gain either. 
Those are all questions you have to have, I say, at the airport, you know, the financial planner's office before you get on the plane and before it takes off. Yeah, it's a really great, I think, parallel there. I haven't ever been in too bad a turbulence, even as someone who's flown a lot and flown a lot in some smaller planes. I mean, you know, talking... You know, 15, yeah. 15 to 30 or 40 seaters, you know, that yeah. kind of size. Um, With all the sports teams that you're the radio the, announcer the, for. Yeah, the yeah. sports teams days. And then I, yeah. I remember taking a very tiny plane to uh, the Bahamas, to Bimini. Yeah. Have you ever uh, yeah. heard of the island of Bimini? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a tiny little plane. So little, just a little tube of toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, scuba diving there, huh? Yeah, yeah. But oh. the worst turbulence I can remember is coming back with the basketball team. We had just played Maryland. And we were coming back, and it was February. It was like you know, 25 degrees outside, and it was windy. And yeah. I'll never forget the pilot opened up the cockpit and said, "You know, for those of you who are interested, if you uh, poke your heads into the aisles, you can. We're lined up really well with the runway. You can see the runway ahead of us and watch the landing if you want to." And wow. so all the adults in the plane were like. Oh, cool! And so we all leaned out into the rows to to try and you know get a view, and all of the players go, you know, who are you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year old girls, go, no, close the door, close the door. <laughs> they start freaking out because they were all like the entire team was deathly afraid of flying, and oh my uh, gosh, yeah. so every trip was a traumatic event for them. Yeah, and uh, but I'll yeah, never forget yeah. the. I guess it wasn't really turbulence, but man, we would start shifting. The plane, uh-huh. you would see the, you could feel the wind pushing us sideways and yeah, yeah. yawing back and forth. And, uh, like a crosswind landing. Yeah, a crosswind, really yeah. Kind of yeah, like when you see yeah. them on the, you've seen some of the videos, yeah. probably the yeah. big jetliners. Those but are it, amazing. Those guys are so Oof. trained. It was it was yeah. a wild landing. It was pretty pretty cool. So we all applauded after the landing. And I usually watch the um, if possible, I'm watching the flight attendants. Or if there happens to be a pilot who's you know just deadheading back, I watch you know if I can see him you know in the seat you know uh, I watch them and if. And if they're just like casually talking or reading the newspaper, I, I figure, oh, we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. If they're if they're quiet and holding on to their seatbelt, <laughs> right. which I've never which I've never seen. So. Yeah. Yep. The only I've, I think I've only been in one plane where they came over and said like, hey, we're expecting some turbulence, and the pilot was real short. He was just like, flight attendants, take your seat. I'm turning the seatbelt, fasten light on, and then yeah. you f- immediately felt a bump, and you were kind of like, oh, we're coming up on something, and yeah. uh, and I remember the flight attendants did not wait they went right to their seats and strapped in really fast so that was a little nerve-wracking but then it never ended up amounting to anything so oh that's good you know so it's also important you know that sometimes you know on the way you know if you're flying you need to get some help on the way so there's this thing i used to use a lot again i learned it from my flight instructor it's called flight following so you know you're you're flying from i don't know from columbus to denver for example and you're just like feeling a little uptight, a little nervous. And so you can call flight following and ask them, they say, um, will you help me with situational awareness, you know, avoiding collisions and navigation assistance? And they'll tell you, they'll give you a little, um, a little number and they'll tell you to put it into your transponder. And then they'll say a dent, you push this button. It causes then your, you know, where you are to get big on their screen. And then they will follow you, you know, the rest of the way, you know, um, as you're flying to make sure to tell you there's this issue, there's that issue, there's this plane here, there's that plane there, you know? And so maybe you're in a situation and the, the weather is not as good as you'd want and the visibility's down, you know, you can reach out and get some help so you know i mean even the 
best pilots in the world, you know, are the ones that use this, right? Sometimes it's the ones who aren't very good that won't use this service. So I think it's really interesting, though, because no matter how long you've been flying, and I have clients that are pilots, you know, been flying 25, 30 years, they use this routinely, you know, because they know that it's better to have some help than to try to do it on your own. So, you know, I think the same thing applies to um, retirement planning. There's things you can't see, you know, from where you're sitting, you know, but the, the air traffic control guy sitting back there, you know, who's, who've asked for some assistance, they can help you become more aware of your situation, help you avoid collisions, give you some navigation assistance, you know, and that's really, I think, the same thing that, that an advisor should do for you, you know, to help you with accumulating your assets and to tell you, hey, you're getting close to retirement, you know, so maybe it's time that we begin to shift our thinking from accumulating assets, you know, to withdrawing them and the rules are going to change a little bit and to give you that kind of advice, you know, from another perspective. Yeah, it's a great point. There's lots and lots, lots and lots of analogies. So many different little parallels there. And I think just to take that one to one extra level too, the help that you get, one, it's acknowledging that you need help, but then also acknowledging the sources of your help. And you think about it when a pilot gets in trouble or even just on an everyday basis, they're getting help from not just the air traffic control, but from their co-pilots. They're getting help from instrumentation, technology. Absolutely. They're getting help from the, the flight attendants, you know, bringing them you know, food or drinks to help you know, keep them fueled right. for the flight. So they're not doing it all on their own, and neither should you try to do everything on your own in retirement. Seek out that help and those resources in the many ways that it comes. Yeah, I thought it was so interesting. I have a friend who had a um, flight school and also uh, rented out small airplanes. And he would tell me that the commercial pilots or the former military pilots who are the most trained pilots would not rent the planes when there was kind of even iffy weather because they knew that plane did not have all of the navigational tools and all of the you know anti-collision tools that the more advanced aircraft had. But someone who had very, very little experience would often come out and rent the airplane. And he just told me one day how ironic that was. I thought, how, how, how interesting. You know, the, the most skilled pilots know the dangers and they're not gonna get into a plane that doesn't have the right equipment. So I thought that was just really interesting. Very good parallel as well. If you want to talk to Dan about your own financial plan, if you would like to learn some of the lessons, not necessarily about flying, but about retirement (laughs) that we've talked about on today's show, you can always get in touch with him at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors serving the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. You can find Dan online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Again, that's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Be sure to check out the Retirement Rescue Toolkit that's there on the website. You can get that toolkit packed with lots of great information, great starter kit for anybody planning for retirement here in the near future. Again, check it all out on BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. It's getting to know you time. Well, to get to know you a little bit better this week, Dan, my question for you is, what job would you be terrible at if we just made you go work this job? What would be something that you would just fall flat oh, this on is your a, face trying to do? This is an easy one. Uh, there'd be lots, but I have one that just kind of jumps into my mind. Uh, my wife and I just got back from like this amazing 10-day trip to Ireland. It was a Celtic music tour where they took us to these teeny little villages and we got to meet local musicians and it was a small group and it, it was fabulous but we had a very little like a little van type of a, of a thing that we drove around in and the driver he had a gaelic name it's f-i-o-n-a-n we called him fanon fanon but we never okay. said it quite right but 
okay, this guy was amazing, right? So can you imagine trying to drive in Southern Ireland? Well, the first thing is they drive on what we would say the wrong side of the road. I mean, secondly, like every time we came to like a rotary, he, he would turn to go into the rotary to, to the opposite way that I would think they usually be oh, going. Yeah. And then the other thing, I mean, so they they do not believe in what, what do you, on the sides of the road. What do we call those those, those like the edges we have on the road? Uh, they don't they don't have them. The shoulders. So the road. The shoulders. shoulders they have yeah. no shoulders. There will be a two or three hundred year old stone wall, like about four or five feet, you know, or telephone poles. I mean, directly at the end of the road and they would call it a two lane road i'd call it like a one and a half lane road. oh my god uh, often uh when you when another car would come or something somebody would have to back up and like go into some sort of like you know off the road or into someone's driveway so the other person could pass so it became almost a joke you know so we, we called him phenomenal even though his name was Fionan, we called him phenomenal, and then later we added animal in there, like phenomenal animal, because he was just amazing. <laughs> and so the last night when we were all together, you know, saying goodbye to each other, it was just really hilarious. Almost everybody, to a person, including myself, said, "You know, you are just an amazing, uh, you are an amazing driver. You are so professional." He never once even had to back up, you know, to get himself into one of these like little, you know, four or five hundred year old, you know, uh, little teeny streets that were made like for a horse. It was just was amazing. So if I had to be a bus driver or any kind of driver in Ireland, I think I would last maybe an hour (laughs) before I got fired. (laughs) That sounds stressful. What What size bus are we talking here? I think, well, there were 12 of us on the tour, plus the tour guide and the bus driver, 14 people. Okay. So not like a big people. charter bus, but still a no, pretty, pretty no. good-sized vehicle. But I have pictures where I am looking out the window, and there is a wall, like inches, you know, from you know, from where I am. There's no shoulders. They don't believe in them. And then, and then I mean, imagine you're coming up to a rotary, right? What's your natural inclination is to turn to the to right. Go to the right, yeah. Well, they turn to the left. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, if driving on the wrong side of the road wasn't trippy enough, then you start going around in the circle the wrong way. And right, just and, really then add, and then add, you know, every, all, the, all the vehicles were standard. So now add the clutch and, you know, and you're all sitting on the other side of the car than you're used to. But anyway, that's my, uh, that's my story. It, and I just do not have that kind of spatial acuity you know yep. that he had he, he was phenomenal like i said his name was fianan and we called him phenomenal nice so <laughs> bus bus driver would be the the terrible job I would be horrible at it oh my gosh <laughs> remember to never volunteer dan to drive the bus for any uh you know future events because we, we know he's not going to do well at it i would not do well at it too funny thanks for sharing that with us dan and now it's time to answer one of your questions as we wrap up for the week it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you And our question this week comes to us from Elizabeth in Gahanna. And Elizabeth says, by the way, if you want to submit a question to be featured on a, well, I don't know. I don't need to say this this time, Dan, a future show, because it's going to be a while before we have another show with this being our last one for a while here. So They can still email me. And you I'll can still email to, questions. I'll be though, glad yeah. to rent back. Betzelwealthadvisors.com, your place to go. Elizabeth says, I'm retiring in six months, and I'm worried about what will happen if we have a market crash before I get to the finish line. Do you think I'll be okay for the next six months? 
Oh, wow, Elizabeth, that's a great question. I really appreciate you uh, asking it. This um, is like a grenade of a question. It's it a simple-sounding question, but there's a lot to unpack there. It's not simple at all. I mean, first of all, I commend you on your intuition, and, and intuitively you know that I'm getting close you know, to my retirement, and I think that things are going to have to change in my investment philosophy and my portfolio. You are exactly right, because you know, you've been in the accumulation phase. You've been accumulating and accumulating and accumulating, and soon, in six months, you know, you you are going to start, it sounds like, the withdrawal phase. And you're right. The rules change dramatically You know when you start withdrawing. Now, nobody knows what the market's going to do in the next six months. You know, It may be up. It may be down. I don't know. But you are right that I think now you need to take some steps to really get a clear handle on how much risk is in your portfolio. And you need to begin to adjust that risk, you know, so that it's going to be more suited to a retirement risk, you know, so someone who's retired. It's not that you're going to take all the money out on the first year of retirement, but certainly you can't. Most people cannot withstand as much risk during the withdrawal phase as they are going to have in the accumulation phase. And I would also encourage you to make sure before you retire that you have significant cash reserves. Because what would happen, let's say you do decide to retire in six months and we do have another event, because it's not if, it's when, you know, the market is going to have its fluctuations. If you didn't have to pull money out until the market recovered because you had cash sitting in the bank. Now, how much cash is, is a whole other story. These are why I think it's really important that you talk to an advisor who can help you, you know, determine the amount of risk in your portfolio to see what would be the appropriate amount of risk for your time horizon, you know, and then make sure you have enough cash, you know, and this can't be done on autopilot. You know, just because you're retiring, you still need to have that portfolio managed. And then of course, you know, as Walter said, I mean, we could talk probably you know, a whole day on this question. It's such a great question. You know, what are the tax implications going to be? So there's lots for you to consider. But, you know, luckily you have six months before you retire. I would get yourself, if you have a current advisor, please call him or her. If not, you know, find an advisor, send me another question. I'll be glad to help you. But your intuition's right. So I encourage you to follow it and keep following it until you're really comfortable. You have all the answers that you need. So thanks for the great question. It's a great question to uh, sort of end this season of the podcast with there, Elizabeth, because it's one that a lot of people need to have if they don't have that question. Yeah, how am I going to change things as I get into retirement? And then, you know, you ask some other thoughtful things there as well about not just thinking about getting to that retirement date, but bringing it up, Dan, that it's really a long-term thing that we're getting ready here for, not just a short-term get to the, you know, you're just getting to the beginning of another race here. Absolutely. And the rules do change. You know, I I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, flying analogies, but it's the same thing. You know, it's one set of rules when you take off. Have you ever noticed that when you take off, you don't have that the flaps are not that extended, oh, yeah, but when you land, parallel, when, yeah. when you land, they're really extended, right? I mean, so yeah, we used to, there's this rule called sterile cockpit rule. Like the guy who's testing you out on your check rides is going to try to, you know, throw you off and start talking to you and reaching around and you know, trying to distract you, you know? And so as a trick, you can say, you know, I'm declaring a sterile cockpit, you know, and they have to like, then they have to like behave. So, so because because landing, I didn't know where is, you were going there with a sterile cockpit. Well, yeah, sterile cockpit means like don't talk to me, don't move, or I'm throwing you out. You know, and you and you can do that as the pilot in command. But the point is that landing is it's the most complicated process. I mean, taking off is a little complicated, but landing is extremely complicated. And it's kind of like, you know, accumulating money is complicated, but withdrawing it, you know, landing, landing properly is much more difficult. So, I mean, her intuition's right. You know, you're right. You got to make some changes. So good luck with it. 
I love the analogy there. That's a great one to end it on. The fact that you just, the f- whole process of flight is different just as you change strategies and, you know, ways to capitalize on different momentums and ideas and your retirement planning. That's a great way to look at it. Well, again, if you want to get in touch with Dan Betzel with any of your questions like Elizabeth had on today's show, you can reach out one-on-one by going to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. You can contact him there, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, or you can give him a call at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure being on with these, uh, you know, I have not been with you for every, you know, all 90 of these podcasts, but my cohort, you know, Mark Haywood was with you for many of them, and I've been with you on many of them as well, and it's been great having these podcasts with you, and I know that you've helped a lot of people with your great information, and I've enjoyed getting to know you as well, and uh, we'll look forward to starting this back up down the line. Thank you, Walter. I started with you, if you remember. So you're, right. you're like the bookends. I started. I, bu- I, I bookended some, it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Again, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts for Dan, be sure to reach out to him. Until next time, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again sometime down the line soon on the Plan with Dan podcast. Take care. Thank you. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.